morning, everybody. And uh, happy Halloween. Glad you're here. You know, uh, if you have your sermon notes, your Christchurch notes, you'll want to pull those out. Hopefully, you've got one when you came in. For those of you who are online, uh, you, can, uh, you can print those off as well. You can find here a pen or a pencil on, in the, between the, the doors there, so you can fill that in. I encourage you to do so. You know, we are on decision number three, decision number three, and that decision is that I'll choose to be a good steward over everything God's given me. It's a decision that can change your life. To, to recognize the fact that, uh, that what we have is from God. And we are to be good stewards, good managers over that which God has given us. What God has given us. You know, I think personally that stewardship is one of the most misunderstood words in the English language. It is one of the most misunderstood words. You know, if you ask most people in the church, what does stewardship mean? They just simply say, well, it's about money, or it's about giving, it's about tithing. No, wait. It's a lot broader than that. Stewardship is much, 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 much more than just that. You know, it's the second greatest theme in the Bible. I bet you didn't know that. The second greatest theme in the Bible outside of salvation is this whole concept of stewardship. In fact, Jesus talked more about stewardship than he did about heaven, than he did about love, than he did about faith, than he did about heaven. It's talked about in the Bible all the way from Genesis all the way over to Revelation. You know, it's the, one of the greatest themes in all the Bible. In fact, I'll tell you this, you probably don't know this either, but fifth, more than 50% of all the parables Jesus taught were about stewardship. More than 50%. I mean, you talk about, I mean, that ought to get your attention. It means something's really important here. But what in the world is stewardship anyway? What does it even mean? Well, here I'm going to give you a definition. Stewardship is the responsibility of carefully managing an asset, an affair, or a property that's entrusted to your care. You see that? It's the responsibility that you have given by God to you to manage assets, affairs, or property that's been entrusted to your care. In other words, stewardship is managing something that you don't own but is entrusted to you. Something that's not fully yours but entrusted to your care. And here's the key word. I want you to write this down because the key word to all of that is this word right here. It's management. This is the key to stewardship. The key word here is management. It's management. Uh, it's a, an, old, an old English word uh, for manager. Steward is an old English word for manager. Now, if you've ever been a manager, if you've ever been in a business position that you were managing the company or managing people, well, then you are a steward because a steward is a manager. Stewardship is management. And we're talking about how to manage your life. And that's what, that's what Jesus taught more than 50% of his parables about. How to manage your life. In fact, stewardship, I think, is absolutely critical to understanding the Christian life. 
we'll never really get what it means to be a follower of Christ until we understand what this word stewardship is about and how you are entrusted with that which God has given you and to, to, to manage it. So to understand stewardship, we got to go back to the very beginning. All the way back to the beginning, to the, to the book of Genesis, to the creation story. It's Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. It's right here. Look at the scripture. It says, in the beginning, what did God do? Two words right there. What did God do? God did what? He created. God created. And now, what did God create? The heavens and the earth. That is all that there is. So in the beginning, God created everything. All that we see, all that we experience, God created. That's what he did. So here's the first principle. I want you to write it down. Because in the beginning, God created it. He created all that there is. So the first principle of stewardship is that God owns everything. And you see, that's important for us who are followers of Christ to understand. It's what stewardship is all about. That God has entrusted all of the stuff that he's made into your care, into my care, and God owns it, but we are the managers. We're the managers, and God owns it. It's the first principle of stewardship. So that God owns everything, every plant, all the rocks, the animals, God owns it all. Matter of fact, look what the psalmist had to say about it. I like what David wrote. David wrote, the heavens... Declare what? The glory of God. How do, they, how do the heavens declare the glory, glory of God? Well, the heavens declare God's glory because God created it. God created the heavens and the earth, right? In the beginning, God did what? He created the heavens and the earth. So the heavens declare the glory of the creator, the one who, who uh, spoke the world into being. Yeah, so that's Psalm uh, 19, verse 1. Check out uh, 24, 1. It says this, the earth is the Lord's, okay? Well, there you go. The earth, he owns it. The earth is the Lord and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. You know, why in the world does God have a claim to everything? Why does God have a claim to everything? Because he would. He created it. Yeah, that's what God did. God created it. He made it. He brought it into being. But more than that, God sustains it. He keeps it all going. In fact, one of my, one of my favorite Bible verses comes out of the book of Colossians. And it's uh, in chapter 1. It's verse 16 and 17. And it talks about how uh, God, through Jesus, brought the world into being. And it says this, for by him, for by him, what's that next word? All. Okay. For by him, everything, all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, those things that are visible and invisible, yeah. All things were, here's the word again, created by him and for him. Wow. He is before all things. And in him, let's read this last part, and in him what? All things hold together. Yeah, he sustains it all. That is, he keeps it going. 
He, God just didn't give the world a big spin and say, see you later, folks. God sustains it all. He keeps it all going. In other words, he keeps our universe in order. So the first principle of stewardship is that God does what? God owns everything. Let's say it together. God owns everything. One more time. God owns everything. This first principle of stewardship. Now we get to the second principle of stewardship, and that is this. That God expects you to be the manager. There's the word manager again. Remember the key word to all stewardship is management. God expects us to be the manager of his creation. He expects us to be the manager. He expects you to be the manager of his creation. Number one principle, God owns everything. Number two, God expects you to be the manager of everything that he owns. That is his creation. You know, uh, uh, we have a responsibility to use what God created for us wisely. In a sense, God says, look, I created the heavens and the earth, so now here are all the natural resources, uh, all the raw materials. Now, go and make something of it. Take care of the earth. Make something out of what I've given you. You're the manager. I'm the owner, but you are the manager. You are the steward. There's stewardship again. You are the steward because steward, again, means manager. You're the steward of all that God has created. The problem comes when we begin to get confused about it, thinking that, that we own everything, that everything that we've got is ours. Everything at the touch of our fingers is ours. We tried to try to trade places with God, in other words, acting like we're the owners, that somehow we created it all, that it's all from our fingers, and we use phrases like, my life, my plans, my time, all of that kind of thing. The question is, who gave all of that to you? Who gave the, the, your creativity and your time and your life? Who gave it to you? Well, God did. God did. God says, look, I'm putting you on this earth, and I've given you all this stuff to use, this stuff to manage, uh, this stuff to enjoy, but never forget, I'm the one who created it, and don't forget the fact that I'm the one who keeps it going. I created it, I keep it going, God says, but you're the manager of all of that. You know, the ultimate control of any business always resides in the owner and not the manager. We get to use it, we get to manage it, we get to enjoy all of life's resources, but God owns it. And that's what stewardship is. Look at these two verses right here. Genesis 1.28 says this. God blessed the man and the woman and said to them, this is from the Garden of Eden, God blessed the man and the woman and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number, fill the earth and subdue it, rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and over every living creature that moves on the ground. And then he says this in Genesis 2.15, the Lord took the man and put him into the Garden of Eden to do what? To work it and to, what is those next two words? Yeah, and to take care of it. Now, I want you to notice in these two verses right here that God says that we're to fill the earth. And certainly judging by the, all the number of kids who were here yesterday, 
uh, we've done that quite well. At our uh, trick-or-treat, we have filled the earth quite well here at Christ Church. Uh, but he says also that we need to subdue it, we need to rule over it, we need to work it, and we need to take care of it. You see, God intended, I want you to understand that what God intended at creation is for human beings to rule over things, but we got it all mixed up. We got it all mixed up. We were designed to rule over the creation that God made. And next thing you know, when we were trying to rule over everything that God had made, somehow we got it all messed up and all of that stuff began to rule over us. The, we became, became possessed by our possessions. We, we, we started getting ruled by the things that, that, uh, that we have. We are possessed by possessions. And God tells us, look, that is absolutely foolish to make that as your number one goal in life, simply the acquisition of things, simply going uh, from here 60, 70, 80 years, whatever it is, 90 years, 100 years, and after that, what happens? Our stuff gets passed on to somebody else. Everything that we've amassed gets passed on to someone else, and you know, people say you can't take it with you. That's true. Why? Because it's all on loan to us to begin with. The stewardship. That's why this is important to understand. It's important to understand because it's, it's, it's a part of what it means to be a follower of Christ. It's to, to recognize that, that, that everything that we have is a gift from God. All that we have is given from God to us. We just sit, we get to manage it. And we get to have the joy of managing all of this. But we're never to forget who owns it to begin with. And that's always God. God owns everything. But he expects us to be careful managers of what he's entrusted to us. You know, the Bible teaches us that God is... Uh, delegated some authority to us. He made us in his image, and he says, okay, I've created all of this. Uh, now make the most of what I've given you. Make the most of your life. Make the most of your time. Make the most of your wealth. Make the most of your talents. Make the most of everything God has blessed you with. And you know what? If you ever get that concept, it's a, it will change your life when you make a decision to, to be good stewards over that which God has given you. Because all of a sudden you begin to have some more freedom. You don't feel like you've been owned by your possessions. You don't get owned by things. Instead, you become the manager of all of that which God owns in the very beginning. He put me here to manage it. So what's the benefits of understanding this as a follower of Jesus Christ? Well, a couple of things. I want you to understand there's some really good benefits from understanding how you are a steward and how God expects you to be this good steward. And here's the first great benefit. First of all, here it is. But let's put it on. Your happiness will be in proportion to your faithfulness. That is, your faithfulness in the stewardship of everything that God has given you. Your happiness is going to be in proportion to how faithful you are in managing that which God has given you. What am I talking about? Well, listen to this. You know, if God has given you a talent, 
and you hide that talent under a bushel, that is, you never develop that talent, you don't use that talent, then you are not being fulfilled. You cannot be fulfilled if you've been given a gift, a talent, and you fail to use it. That you fail to develop it. That you fail to employ it for, uh, for, for, for good. You know, if, if God has given you wealth and you spend it incorrectly, you, uh, you, you misuse it, you're going to be under tension, you're going to be under pressure, you're going to worry about it all the time. That's what happens when you misuse what God has given you or you don't develop what God has given you, be it talent or be it wealth. You know, God has given every one of us right now time. He's given us the gift of time. How well do you manage your time? Time management is an act of stewardship. You know, and if you twiddle it all away, if you, if you, if you just let time go and you never use it well, then you're going to get to the end of your life with lots of regrets of what you could have done, what you could have accomplished if you'd only spent your time more wisely. And every time we mismanage what God's given us or entrusted us, it only produces negative results. But when we, when we use it well, we find that we're much happier. You know, I was thinking about this week, you know, cause I, I'm starting to, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm eight months out from retirement, and I just, I, I, I guess I can't help but do some reminiscing uh, from, you know, uh, when God first called me into ministry and uh, when I first pulled up here in Northern Virginia in July of, of 1992. But I, I, I start to think, you know, if I had never said yes to God when he was calling me into ministry, I would have been absolutely miserable. I would not have fulfilled God's purpose and plan for my life. You know, my, our happiness is in proportion to how faithful we are in managing that which God has given us. If God has given me a talent in this particular area and I fail to live into it, then I'm not going to be very happy. But I can tell you, God is, uh, as I'm fond of saying, God has blessed my socks off since he's given me the privilege of being your pastor. You know, and I, I just think about this, you know, for 30 years. We have, uh, I, I'm, I'm going to embarrass you two Lewises uh, for just a moment, because Jerry and Susan Lewis are uh, charter members of Christ Church. They have since moved off to Florida and enjoying their retirement. They're here today. And I just think about the, you know, how how blessed I have been that God brought me to Christ Church back in 1992. One of the first people I met right here, Bill and Amy Myerly, before, even before the first Sunday, I met Bill and Amy Myerly when I was but a child back in 1992. And I think how blessed I am. I am absolutely blessed by our friendship I am grateful that God has brought us together. And you know, and that's only happened because I made a decision that changed my life. 
And that was, I made a decision to steward the talent that God has given me. And I certainly hope that that's, that's what you do. Because when you do that, your happiness, the satisfaction you have in life is in proportion to how well you steward that which God is, has given you. Here's the second benefit. You know, if we're, uh, the more faithful you are in managing everything that God has given you, the more that God trusts to you. The more faithful you are in managing what God's given already, the more he trusts you with. That's a, it's, that's a, that's a, that the scripture teaches that over and over and over and over again. The greater we're found faithful being managers and wise, wise steward of all that God has given us in life, uh, the more that God trusts us with. You know, so God made it all. Uh, you and I, we're the managers of that which God made. And there are great benefits in our life when we become wise and godly stewards over that which God has given. And you say, well, that sounds really good, Pastor, but, you know, what am I to be the stewards of, really? Well, you're to be the stewards of absolutely everything that God has entrusted you with. That is everything. You know, you think about it. Did God, did God give us this environment? Well, sure he did. Well, then we need to be good stewards over that environment that God has given us. We've got to be good stewards over the, the resources of the earth. Did God give you a physical body? Well, sure he did. That means that we need to be good stewards of that. It means nutrition. It means fitness. It means health. You know, did God give you every single day of your life? Yeah. That means you need to manage your time well. You need to manage your time wisely. You're stewards over the time God's given you on here on earth. Did God give you wealth? Did he give you material possessions? Well, then you need to be good managers of that. Never forget that God owns it, you manage it, so that you don't end up being possessed by your possessions. Did God put you in a position of authority? You know, that's the amazing thing about Christ Church is the, the brilliance of, uh, of, the, of the minds that are represented right here, that you represent the intellect that you bring to faith. I am, I am absolutely blessed to be the pastor of such an incredibly smart incapable congregation. And you know, when you are in the authority, a position of authority, then God has given you an incredible privilege to be the steward of all of that intellect that he has given. That you make the world a better place. Did God give you a, a new life in Christ? Have you experienced the new birth? Do you know Jesus as your Savior? Then that he expects you to be a good steward of that and share that good news with others. See, this is what stewardship is. To understand stewardship means you understand what it means to be a follower of Jesus. When you're a follower of Jesus, it is critical that you understand stewardship. And in a, in a, in a world like we live in, particularly up here in Northern Virginia, you know, we Christians have really got to be careful that 
we don't fall into the way of the crowd thinking that it's all mine. That everything is mine. Everything that I touch is mine. Because the moment you do that, and then if something goes wrong, and it begins to slip out of your hand, then it really becomes devastating. Far more devastating than when you understand that God owns it, you're the manager, he's loaned it to you, but it's all still his. It's all still his. You know, what I'm talking about today is not a trivial issue. It's one of the reasons why we're here is to manage what God has given us. It's a foundational principle to to understanding what it means to be a follower of Christ, understanding why you're here, understanding one of your purposes on earth is to manage that which God has given you. Fulfilling that purpose involves managing every aspect of your life. You know, and why do we talk about this? I try to talk about it every year. Sometimes I fail, but most of the time I try to talk about this at least once a year because it is so important in the way we understand our faith and where we fit in into the world that God's created us. And it always comes up, well, you know, what about giving? What about that? Well, let me just say it this way. I don't want to focus on this because I don't want you to turn this message into, well, all he's doing is trying to talk about money. No, that's not this, what this is all about. But i got to deal with that, and I'm just going to do it very quickly because we're to manage our wealth as well. And the reason why God asked for that tithe, you know, 10%, the reason God asked is because tithing is a reminder. There it is. Tithing is a reminder. You say, what in the world is it a reminder of? Well, it's a reminder that God owns it all. And he said, I'm gonna, I want you to, I want you to, to, to give me back 10%, and I'm going to let you live on 90% of everything you bring home. You get 90%, and I, I'm going to ask for 10 And it's a reminder of who God is. That it's not all ours. We're to manage it. But it belongs to him. He's the one who owns it. But tithing is that reminder. And you say again, what is it a reminder of? Well, I, here's one of my, it's the coolest scripture. It's Deuteronomy 14.23. And it says this, that the purpose of tithing, people ask me that, why in the world should I give? Here it is. The purpose of tithing is to teach you always to To do what? Yeah, say it louder. Yeah, to put God first in your life. That's what it is. Why do we tithe? Because I want to remember that it's not mine. That God has blessed me far more than I deserve. And I give that back to him joyfully. All 10%. I give it joyfully back to him. Because it reminds me that he has blessed me and that he owns it. And I'm the manager and God needs to be first in my life.
I'm going to end with a, with a really cool story. Uh, I've shared this one other time in worship. You may remember it, but I love this story. It is, uh, it's not original to me. It was, it's a story from pastor and author John Ortberg. He was in uh, a book that he wrote, and it says this. It's about a monopoly game you may remember. When I grew up, I'm going to quote now. When I grew up, I used to play a game with my grandmother called Monopoly. My grandmother taught me how to play the game. She lived with us when I was growing up. She raised my mom. She raised six children. She was a widow and an old lady by the time that I knew her. She was loving. She was fun. But she was also the most ruthless Monopoly player I have ever known. She understood the name of the game was to acquire. When I would get my $1,500 to start the game, I'd want to save it. But she'd get her money and she would buy every piece of property she landed on and mortgage it to the hilt to buy everything else. She understood that accumulating is the way that you win. Eventually, she became the master of the board. She knew how to play. She knew how to keep score. Possession is the difference between winning and losing, and eventually and inevitably, she would take my last dollar, and I would quit in utter defeat. She would look at me and say, Don't worry, Johnny. One day, you'll learn how to play the game. I used to hate it when she said that to me. Then one summer, I played the game almost every day with a kid named Steve. Gradually, as I was playing with Steve that summer, I began to learn how you play the game. I began to learn that the game requires a total commitment to acquisition. By the time that fall rolled around, I was more ruthless than my grandmother. I was ready to bend the rules to beat my grandmother if I needed to. Slowly, cunningly, I exposed the soft underbelly of my grandmother's weakness. Relentlessly, I began to drive her off the board. I can still remember it happened at Marvin Gardens. I looked at my grandmother. She taught me how to play. She was an old lady by now, a widow. She had raised my mother. She loved my mother. She loved me. She taught me how to play the game, and I took everything she had. I destroyed her financially and psychologically. I watched her give her last dollar and quit in utter defeat. It was the greatest moment of my life. Then she had one more thing to teach me because the great lesson always comes at the end of the game. She said, now it all goes back in the box. When the game is over, it all goes back in the box. All those houses, all those hotels, 
all the railroads, all the utilities, all that property, boardwalk, park place, all of that wonderful money. Now that the game is over, it all goes back in the box. But I didn't want it to go back in the box. I wanted to leave the game out, bronze it maybe, as a permanent memorial to my skill. But Grandma said, no, it all goes back in the box. You know, folks, I teach you about stewardship and the importance of, of managing what God has given you and giving back to God on a regular basis because everything you own or everything you have is on loan to you by God. And finally, one day, for you when it's over, everything you have will go back in the box. Never forget who owns it in the beginning. Let's pray. Most gracious Heavenly Father, thank you, thank you, thank you for another wonderful day. A day reminding us of really what it means to be a follower of Christ. Understanding who it is that owns it all to begin with. The wonderful gifts that you've given us and how you've blessed us far more than we deserve Yet we know, Lord, that when we're, at least we know when we're thinking correctly, that it's all yours, and one day it's all going to go back in the box. Lord, help us to manage it well, to be good stewards of everything that you've given, not to waste our time, not to waste our energy, not to waste our education and our intellect not to waste the stewardship of the earth that you have given to us. Thank you, Lord, for entrusting us with all of this that you've made. It is an honor to be a good steward. And to do so, Lord, is a decision that changes our lives. The freedom that we experience when we recognize that it's yours to begin with. The, the freedom to know that it's yours. The freedom of not being possessed by our possessions. The freedom of being able, and the joy of being able to give it back to you. Because we love you because we trust you and because tithing teaches us as a reminder to put you first in our lives. Thank you, Lord. We love you so much for you are so unbelievably good to us. Thank you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.